Hi, welcome to the As You Are podcast. It's a new day for the podcast. Emily and Anna are both here and back. We are so excited for this conversation. We're going to go through the Bible study lesson that we call Slow the Pace. It's about anxiety. It's about trusting God. We talk about some fun stuff and some serious stuff. So let's dive right in. All right. Well, how's your week been? It's been good. Um, I I feel like we haven't talked in a while. It's weird to be like back on the podcast together. I, I was thinking I that this morning. I was like, Emily and I haven't recorded a podcast together in a few weeks. This is going to be fun. Um, I know because we did our own devotionals for a while and then we posted your talk right. last week and we were spending so much time together prepping for those events and being at the events. Literally. And then we just slept. I know. <laughs> then like the last week it's been just, yeah, like nothing. But we have UGA coming up next week, which is very exciting. Um, I'm so excited about that. I know. I'm excited to be in Athens and to see everybody. It's going to be amazing. Um, yes. But this week's been good. Everett and I actually got a puppy. Oh, my god! So kind of unexpected. We weren't really planning to get a puppy. Yeah. Tell me the story. Well, okay. So we, like, I feel like for the last year, it's kind of been like, hmm, should we get a dog? And we've always decided no because we're just on the go a lot. And he and I are both, like, not great at um, commitment. Like, we both are like, ooh, a dog feels like a big commitment. But it also feels like a yeah. good step before having kids. <laughs> We're not having kids anytime soon. Um, but we, I don't know, like literally the last two or three weeks, I was like, We're getting a puppy. We're going to get a puppy. And so I just started looking and I found him and he's so cute. His name is Tuck. Oh my gosh. I know. He's like gray and he has blue eyes. Um, we're not really sure. He's from a humane society, so we don't know exactly what his breed is, but he's adorable. We've had high highs and low lows for oh sure. Oh my gosh, I'm sure. <laughs> he's made me cry like twice. He bit my ear so hard the other day. So hard. I was, and I just like put him down and walked away. I was like, I can't do this right now. I've seen, you know, on on real podcasts, on other podcasts, I've heard people be like, you can just check the link in our bio or whatever it is yeah but i i'm gonna figure out how to post a picture wait yes of tuck of the new puppy we have to show everybody what he's all about oh my gosh i'm so excited he's cutie what about you what's been going on with y'all well we so obviously last weekend was halloween right well actually monday monday was halloween we did like kid halloween stuff which was so fun jones wanted to dress up as a police car a police and car. And so I, a car. Stop. So I kept, I kept trying to be like a policeman, and he was like, "No, a police car." Wait, that's and so, so cute. <laughs> I looked all over the internet trying to find something that was just a, a police car costume, and there was literally only one. I'm serious on the entire internet. Oh my god! And it wasn't amazing, but if we can figure out how to post pictures, I will also put a picture yes, of him. Please do. He was so cute oh my gosh. he said trick-or-treat he loved the candy afterwards we went through each piece of candy and tasted it and he didn't like most of it so it really wasn't that big of a deal wait that's <laughs> he hilarious like, he didn't like it had he had candy before oh yeah he's had he really likes skittles okay. those are his favorite but he he tasted swedish fish dots um he doesn't really like chocolate so like 
he tried Twix and stuff, and he was like, ugh. That is so funny. <laughs> I know. It was so cute. We had this whole thing where I didn't really have to worry that he was going to get a sugar high because right. he was, like, spitting them all out. That's adorable. But now that that's over, I'm the kind of person I, – I will fully celebrate Thanksgiving, but okay. I – will be decorated for Christmas. Oh, yeah. I texted Everett this morning. I was like, I cannot wait to decorate for Christmas. And yeah. he was like, wait, what? It's not even Thanksgiving. I was like, no, no, no. We will do it before Thanksgiving. Yeah, I want my Thanksgiving dinner, or if we have a Friendsgiving or whatever, I want it to be decorated like Christmas, like twinkle yeah. lights, greenery, instead of doing the fall thing. I I'm just agree. all in. I'm going to decorate probably next week. I feel like people are so like hardcore Thanksgiving. They're like, no, you cannot decorate until after. Right. I think growing up, my parents were kind of like that. Like we didn't decorate until after Thanksgiving. But now I'm like, life's too short. <laughs> I know. I feel like the pandemic changed us all. <laughs> it's like, I, I agree. We're all like, you know, whatever. Decorate whenever you want. Life is too short. Just decorate for Christmas. Um, so let's dive in. Um, this week, we're going to talk about the lesson that you wrote. Yeah. Um, it's, and you called it Slow the Pace, which I absolutely love because I feel like even just as a title, we all need that mm-hmm. reminder. But I love every single thing that you wrote. So, But first of all, you start with a story about studying abroad in Italy. Yes. And I kind of want you to just like dive in there. Um, yeah. So when I was a junior in college, the summer between my junior and senior year, I studied abroad in Italy. It was so much fun. I actually was there with five of my best friends from college. Um, it was a psychology program. I was not a psychology major, but they were all psychology majors. And the professor that led the trip was like, yeah, you should just come. Amazing. Like, it's fine that you're not a psychology major. Like, you should just come. So, Oh, my gosh. I got to go. And the program was so cool. Like, literally, it was a cultural studies class. So we were there to study the culture of Italy. And the professor was like, we're not going to spend any time in a classroom because that's not studying the culture. So, like, while we were there, I never stepped foot in a classroom. Every day we were just going to different Italian cities and, like, oh. studying their culture. Um, take me to this program. Isn't it amazing? Like when I tell people that, <laughs> so amazing. when I tell people like we didn't ever go to a classroom, they're like, wait, what? And it was a study abroad program. I'm like, yeah, not much, not a ton of studying was had, but lots of Italian culture was experienced. Um, that's amazing. Oh yeah. Have you ever been to Italy? Yes, I have been. And I, okay. I mean, I've noticed there's a huge difference in the culture. Yes. Huge difference. And that was something like, honestly, from that point on, I have just like loved Italian culture. And a huge reason of that is truly because of the pace that they live their life. Like, it's just slower. Their priorities are different. The priorities are different. Like, there's more of a focus on family. I know that they even said, if I can remember the phrase, like, Americans live to work and Italians work to live. Yes. If that phrase feels a little bit confusing, what essentially what it's saying is like we like Americans, our lives are like so focused on our jobs and on what we're doing. But in most other countries, it's not as much about like your job as it is like you're working so that you can make money and do all these other things that you want to do. But in America, like the first question people ask you when you meet them is, oh, what do you do for a living? Right. 
And we all spend so much time and even our weekends working. Yeah. And we spend our whole life investing in our careers and being honestly kind of stressed. Right. <laughs> and it's like, it's there's a place for it and working hard is great, but I also think it has created a culture of stress and anxiety. Um, right. And the name for this lesson actually kind of came out. So Everett and I went to Argentina for a month this past spring. And while we were there, like I, in our first week there, I was so stressed because I was like, I want to see everything. I want to like get everything in, like make sure we get it all done. And I felt like the Lord was like, Anna, slow the pace. Like, Mm-hmm. Be here, be present, because Argentina is a very similar culture as well, like just a slower culture. And I mean, they literally eat dinner for like three hours every night. I love um, it. And it's, a, it's, not, it's not like they're eating the whole time or eating a ton of food. They're just like experiencing community and being together. Um, and that was the first time that phrase really popped into my head. And it reminded me of, oh, yeah, like when I was in Italy, that was something I loved about Italian culture was just the slower pace of life. It feels calmer and it starts from the inside out, which is really cool. Yeah. And I feel like this is a a good segue into the scripture that we studied in this lesson too, because I definitely relate to Martha. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Do you want to read it? Let's see. It's Luke 10, 38 through 42. Yeah. So it says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. I love that. Me too. And you and I have gone over this verse a lot (laughs) this semester. And so every time we read it and every time we look at this story, different things pop out to mm-hmm. me. What stands out to you the most here? Hearing it read out loud and hearing Jesus's response, like him saying, Martha, Martha, you're worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed. I think for me, the main thing this time that sticks out is, but few things are needed. Mm-hmm. Um, especially like what we're talking about with our culture and how we're constantly trying to get ahead and do more, be more, like get more. And Jesus is saying, No, (laughs) like those things aren't needed. He's not saying that they're bad too, which is cool. He's just saying they're not needed. Um, And only one thing is needed, which if y'all have listened to the talk that I gave at Worship Nights or also Emily's lesson or Emily's podcast the week before, the only thing that's needed is Jesus. And that's what he's trying to like redirect her attention to. Right. And I love what you pointed out about him repeating her name twice, where culturally that's not condescending, even though to us, and even when I talked about this with the seniors, we were saying how in our culture now, if somebody repeats your name twice, you're in trouble. Yeah, that's so true. (laughs) You know, like, but in this case, Mm -hmm. he's actually taking taking a beat with her. And like, 
culturally, if you repeat someone's name twice, it's a sign of intimacy in their culture. And so he's saying, I know you and I know that this says worried and upset about many things, but there's another translation that talks about anxious about many things. Mm -hmm. And he's essentially saying, I see you and I understand you. And I'm just trying to bring you back to what's important. Yeah. Yeah, from the very beginning, he's expressing how much he loves her, which is cool. Yeah, and I don't think that he's trying to say you're the bad sister and Mary is the good sister. I think that Mm -hmm. he is really trying to have a moment with her where he says it's okay for you to rest. Because how often do you feel like the reason why we rush around is because we don't feel permission to rest? Oh, my gosh, all the time. Like, truly, I... And Everett is, I'm so grateful for him because he is better at like slowing down than I am. He'll be like, okay, we need to not do something tonight. Like we've done something the last four nights or whatever. Like I am especially, I don't know if that's like a a girl thing. I don't know, but I definitely feel the pressure to like fit everything in. Like on a Saturday, Everett will literally call it the what to do. It's like Saturday morning if we wake up and I have nothing to do, which y'all are going to be like, Anna's a crazy person. That sounds like a dream (laughs) to wake up and have nothing to do. But I literally will start feeling anxious by like 10 a.m. because I'm like, how are we, like, what should we do with this Saturday? Like we have nothing to do. So what should we do? And it's such a funny, like, tension you know like why am I stressed about having nothing to do and I think it's because I'm like I need to use this time wisely I need to clean the house or we need to do something really fun like because we have a free Saturday right which feels rare it does in in our world you know yeah it's like you got the what to do's oh my gosh I love that (laughs) yes the what to do's on a Saturday morning I don't know if anybody would relate with that but gosh it's stressful later on in the lesson it it says, I think the pace at which Martha was living her life was causing her to be in a state of stress and anxiety. She was so yeah. focused on her to-do list that she was missing the fact that Jesus was sitting in her living room. I think that's what we're trying to get at. You know, like slowing the pace allows us to realize, oh, Jesus is in my living room. Right. You know, like whatever it is. But slowing the pace allows us to remember what's actually important. Right. And I think that in this case, obviously, Jesus was literally in their living room. Yeah. (laughs) But the, I mean, something that we probably should think about more is that we have the Holy Spirit with us at all times. And how often do we ignore that for these things that we think are more Mm -hmm. important? How often are we rushing around and missing the most important thing? Yeah. Which is Jesus. You're from Virginia, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm from middle of Georgia, small town, country kind of vibes. Above the Nat line or below the Nat line? I'm from just above the Nat line, but my family lives below. But yeah, I feel like anyone who's from the South would know what it feels like to be responsible for hosting. Mm -hmm. And that is what this story makes me Mm -hmm. think of is like – you're either you're going to somebody's maybe wedding shower or somebody's tailgate or somebody's birthday party or whatever it is and or you're hosting one of those things and it feels like okay I, if I can just get through this and I, if I can just do this well 
then I can finally rest. And I think that that's Martha's mentality here. If I can just, if we all could just set this stuff up and get everything ready, then we can all sit at Jesus's feet. Yeah. But I think that's exactly what Jesus is addressing, that that is not the important thing. Right. That's so true. Which is so convicting. It is. Also, it's so interesting. Like, you're right. Southern hospitality is totally a thing. It's been interesting moving back to Virginia. And it's not that, like, people here are still very hospitable. Like, that's not – but the pressure. Like, I feel like there's a different type of pressure around the, like – even the presentation of food or, like, what you're making that I've noticed, like, we've had people over for dinner or gone over to people's houses for dinner – and it's like what they're making is simpler. And that's not bad, but it's made me be like, oh, I don't have to like have a beautifully set table every time somebody comes over. Like I like doing that. I enjoy hosting people, but the pressure doesn't have to be there as much. I know there is just a huge pressure to keep up appearances yeah. maybe is the right word. Yeah. And so I think – and I've talked about this with – my girls and I've felt this way a bunch but I think that kind of training ourselves to rearrange our priorities Mm -hmm. if we're going to follow Christ it means listening to what Jesus says you know what I mean so it's like okay so how exactly like do we have any practical ways that we can sort of rearrange our priorities Mm -hmm. to like listen to Jesus first and put the most important thing first And so I figured maybe we could talk about, like, the holiday season that's coming up. Um, What type of pressures do you feel like could be around, and how can we prioritize um, putting, like, listening to to God first? Do you have any ideas? Well, when I think of the holidays, I think of time with family. Yeah. Which can be really fun. It can be stressful. It can be all the things, like, depending on what your family situation is um, maybe like the thought of being home for a month around Christmas is really exciting to you as a college student being able to do that or maybe you're dreading it and you're like I don't want to spend that much time with my family Um, and that's not necessarily like a pressure but kind of like the I don't know like how is family time going to be for you? Is it going to, is that something that is going to be anxiety producing? Do you feel a lot of pressure from your parents? Like, I don't know. That's just the first thing that came to mind. Are there expectations from your family? Yeah. You know what I mean? So everyone sort of has that. So how can we lean on God to help reduce our anxiety? Because that's part of the point here is when we're trusting God and we're walking with God that he can help us have a sound mind and not a spirit of... I know I repeated this verse to myself over and over again. 2 Timothy 1, 7. For God gave us not a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. And some versions say a sound mind. And so it's like, okay, if something is going to be inducing some pressure for us or anxiety, then... How can we do those things? Because we definitely still want to do all of those things. But how can we do these things in a way where we're like relying on God for a spirit of Hmm. like a sound mind or power or love, you know? I think one thing is remembering like if we're talking about like going home for the holidays, 
remembering that just because you're leaving your college roommates or you're not going to Bible study on Wednesday night, like Jesus is still going with you home. Yeah. And like it's sometimes easy to forget that or like you fall back into old patterns when you're with your family. Yeah. Like I know for me there are certain places where like I feel closer to Jesus. Sometimes that's not like going home. You're not surrounded by your roommates that are like asking you how you're doing or reaching out or being like, come to Bible study with me. But just remembering like, just because you're not at school with your friends, going as you are, whatever, doesn't mean that when you walk through the door of your house, like Jesus isn't there with you. Totally. Something that I thought about is if school is one of the things, schoolwork, social events, like sorority stuff, if those are some of the things that put the pressure on you to keep the pace quick and to keep cranking out and being productive and all that kind of stuff, then one thing that the holidays provide is a breath of fresh air and space for you to make your own schedule how you want it to be. It would be a really good time if you wanted to try getting your quiet time more regularly into your schedule or if you wanted to spend more time in prayer or give yourself some time to actually read some scripture. Hmm. So I think that that is something good to think about incorporating into your time over the holidays. What if every single morning I just woke up and said a prayer and read one single verse? <laughs> you know, like, I yeah. think... Yeah, or like instead of checking your phone, I know we've talked about that a lot, but I am very guilty of the first thing I do in the morning is I check my phone. Yeah. Like my phone s- sleeps beside me and my like it literally gets plugged in next to my bed and so it's the first thing I grab in the morning but like what if the first thing we grabbed in the morning wasn't our phone but our bible yeah um and how would that change the like if that is the foundation that we're starting our day from day one wow I'm literally preaching to the choir right now I'm like I need to do this <laughs> no same same um, but truly like if that's what we're grabbing first then that's how we're like that's the first step we're taking it into the day and so like stepping out on that foot instead of on a, I'm going to check Instagram or check my text, whatever it is. Right. Like, I think that around the holidays, a lot of people do have more free time and they are just like kind of randomly scrolling on Instagram and that kind of stuff. And you know how it is comparing yourself on Instagram and what other people are doing over the holidays and how they decorate it or what party they go to or how they're dressed. It's just not Mm life-giving. But this is all making me think a lot, the holiday stuff, and specifically when Jesus says, I know to Martha, he says in verse 41, you're anxious about many things. You're worried and upset about many things, whatever translation you're reading. And it just made me want to kind of lean into anxiety a little bit. So, Anna, do you struggle with anxiety at all? Yes, I in college especially, I like had a really, really bad season of anxiety. I would say since graduating, it's definitely um, calmed a little bit. But in college, I struggled with like panic attacks. And um, yeah, it's like, it's really cool to see how the Lord has brought me through that. But mm-hmm. also it was a huge part of my life for a long time. Um, I was on medication for a while for it, but like truly would have these kind of seemingly out of nowhere, um, 
panic attacks. And for me, it, I have talked about this before, but it had a lot to do with the relationship that I was in in college. Um, and just being so afraid that that guy was going to leave. And like, I have always had a fear of like people leaving me, um, or like not being enough, feeling like I'm not worth it. And it caused this just stress and anxiety. And what I'm looking at the lesson for this week right now, um, And it says that Ben Stewart, who's an amazing pastor in D.C., uh, defines anxiety as a preoccupation with hypothetical situations that's distracting Mm. us from our reality. And when I think back to college, Anna, like I was so preoccupied with the hypothetical situation that somebody that I loved was going to leave me. And I was like writing that narrative in my head and saying, if that happens, then this is going to happen. And I'm going to feel X, Y, or Z way. Um, And it was awful. Like it was so crippling in a lot of ways. Um, Because it's not actually happening, but you're going through all of the feelings of it happening. (laughs) Yes, literally. It's like that hadn't happened, but I was so afraid of it happening and what was going to happen if it did. Right. Um, and for me, like one verse that really carried me in college through seasons of anxiety was Psalm 139. I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's really long. Um, but it starts and it says, Oh Lord, you have searched me and you know me, you know, when I sit down and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from afar, you search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all of my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Um, And I like the whole, that whole verse, Psalm 139, is amazing. I love it. But that for me was, I read that over and over and over again in college. And it just was this comfort of like, I am known, Mm -hmm. I am loved. And, like, Jesus knows exactly what's going to happen. Right. He knows what's going to happen this day. And I don't because I don't have that type of power, you know, to see the future. But I can trust that, like, the what he has written, the story he's written for my life is good. Right. And I think the anxiety it has to do with control as well, you know, because yeah. we just so desperately want to control the situation so we can protect ourselves. And I think that that can be at odds with Mm -hmm. trusting God. Definitely. Yeah, because we're so out of control in a lot of ways. Right. And truly trusting Him means opening our hands up completely and saying, okay, all these things that I want, all these things I hope for, the ways I try to protect myself Mm -hmm. instead of letting you protect me or whatever, I'm just giving them to you. And that is so hard. It's not like a – I don't think anyone ever gets there, especially anyone that truly struggles with anxiety. I don't think you arrive. I think you just – it's a practice Mm -hmm. of surrendering every day. I love how that verse – it says, you hem me in behind and before. And I I, um, know how to sew. So hemming is like when you're literally like wrapping the fabric up a little bit and then you stitch it in. Um and I, in college, especially thinking about that and being like, I am like surrounded by yeah. Jesus and he is protecting me. Like the, just the image of him, like hemming me in, um, it's almost like, like I think of like a, a 
big hug, you know, like. Yes, I know. I don't know. One thing I always pray is like, Lord, I pray that I would remember that you go before me, you stand beside me Mm -hmm. and behind me, that I'm completely encased in your love. And that's not something that I'm praying for. It's something that I'm praying that I would remember. Right. And how cool that that we get to know a God that wants that for, like, that gives that to us. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. Because, I mean, a lot of us picture God as being distant, and He is mighty, and He is all-powerful, but He cares about us feeling safe, and He cares about our hearts. And so it's so amazing that He's both. Yeah, it's so true. Like, He is all-powerful, but He also is wrapping us up. You know, like he's yep. like carrying us through yeah. hard seasons. What about for you when you think of anxiety? What does that bring to mind? Um, yes, I have been very anxious for most of my life. I can't tell if it's mm-hmm. like, it may just be part of my personality too. <laughs> yeah. You know, because I think that I do really have a strong desire to control the outcome of things. Mm-hmm. And... The reason why 2 Timothy has been a life first for me that I continue to repeat is because for me, it is about fear. I could go down the list of all the things that I've prayed that I would stop being afraid of over the years. I'm a singer and I'm afraid of being on stage. And we've done a lot of traveling to sing and do stuff like that. And I'm afraid of all different types of travel. Mm -hmm. I've been afraid of... um, you know, flying and and driving, just afraid of getting in car wrecks. Um, I mean, I'm afraid of making wrong decisions, just name it. And I've had anxiety about it. And so this has been something that has been a really intimate part of my journey with the Lord because I picture myself as this like little shivering wet dog or something that's just like, help, I'm so scared. (laughs) And God's like, hey, fear not. I love you and I have a plan for you and I can protect you. You only just need to trust me. And I'm just like, but no, I'm cold. Like my grandmother has a dog that is, I think it weighs eight pounds. And every time it has to go with them everywhere they go. But every time they leave the house it shakes the entire time and you're like holding her and cuddling her and you're telling her it's okay, but she's still just shaking because she's so nervous. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, is this my spirit animal? I'm so ashamed. (laughs) So that's why I've been repeating second Timothy one seven for my whole life, because I've had to remind myself that I've not been given a spirit of fear or timidity. I've been given a spirit of power, a sound mind, and love in the Holy Spirit. And that is one of those gifts that we are given when we start to trust Him and follow Him and give our lives to Him. And so I just think that this verse with Martha and Mary and then just all throughout Scripture where we see people who are struggling with fear or struggling with an inability to feel confident obeying or anything like that, mm. that it's really just about refocusing on the important thing. I think that's why we see Jesus constantly in prayer. He's constantly talking to the Father, which to me is 
a big reminder because if we're looking at Jesus's life and we're trying to model our lives after his, the thing that he constantly did was take every single thing to God in prayer. And so I feel like that is our step one. Yeah. I mean, it's like hearing you talk about fear and how like anxiety really is so rooted in fear. And what's amazing, like this, I just thought about this, the most repeated phrase that God says to his people in the Bible is do not fear. And yes, that's just amazing. Like he's not mad at us for fearing, but he's trying to remind us like, don't be afraid. Like I'm here. I've got this. I'm bigger than you. I know what's going to happen. Don't fear. Don't fear. And it's like, it's a command in a way, but it's also a reminder that we can trust him. And I think we talked about this on a few podcasts back, but like trusting him is a choice. And so if we want to trust him, we're going to choose to trust him and choose to not fear. And that's a lot easier said than done, especially when it comes to anxiety, because it's such a mental battle. But I don't know. I was just thinking about that, how the Lord just reminds us over and over again, like, don't be afraid. I'm right here. I'm with you. I know. I love that so much because I feel like all of our tendency as human beings is to feel unsure of ourselves at times, afraid at times. Anytime there's a big pressure decision or a big career move or a test at school or, you know, tension in the family or whatever it is that we face in life, it's our tendency to be afraid and to doubt ourselves. And so I just think it's so cool that God's challenging us, hey, all you have to do is just trust me. And what that looks Mm -hmm. like is listening to him. Yeah. And like, I think as we're wrapping up, I just want to encourage girls like, one, If you are struggling with anxiety and need somebody to talk to or you feel like you're stuck and you don't know how to deal with it anymore, like, yes, of course what we're saying is so true and, like, we – Jesus is with you in it, but also he's given us – resources for of like counselors and medication. Emily and I have both been on medication for anxiety. Like that is something that is a resource that like we have access to, not us personally, but like as our, our country has access to. And right. so if y'all feel like that's something you're struggling with, we would love to help get you connected to a counselor or connected to somebody um, that can help with that because yes. you're not alone. That's a huge thing. Like, you are not alone in this. You don't need to fight that alone. We want to be a resource for you and to help you. And sometimes the best way to do that is to help get connected to a counselor, just somebody older that you can talk to about it. So please reach out to our team. Like, you can email us, um, asyouareteam at gmail.com, or, like, send us a DM on Instagram. We would love to help try and connect you to somebody that you could talk to in person. Yeah, for me, I was very nervous to start counseling, but once I did, it was probably the best thing that I ever did Mm -hmm. to manage my anxiety. I see a Christian counselor here in Athens, and I've seen her on and off for like six years because I'm old, but um, I just highly recommend it. There's something so helpful about that. So if you're just 
on the edge of making that decision, but you're just not sure if anyone else out there is seeing counselors, we just want to tell you that yeah. we do and that it could be really, really helpful for you too. Yeah. I mean, truly seeing a counselor was the best thing I ever did for anxiety. Me too. Like, it's just so helpful to talk to somebody that's not directly in your friend group, but also that is just like knows what's actually going on in your mind. Like, right scientifically knows oh anxiety produces this like these are different reasons why your brain might be telling you this like that was so helpful for me yeah that was really helpful for me too and most importantly it's just about knowing your own limits mentally most of these things ebb and flow through different seasons and I've had to learn when I needed to be on medication and when it was okay for me to come off and just basically treat myself in like lifestyle ways where I get out and go for walks or like for me, prayer is like a meditation, spending time with God and calming down my spirit. And it's really helpful for anxiety. So there is a perfect combo somewhere in there that has to do with trusting God and then also knowing your own limits and knowing about mental health. Yeah. So we love you girls and we're so happy that you tuned in today and Anna, would you like to pray for us before we go? I would love to. Um, Jesus, thank you so much for today. Thank you for the holiday season that's coming up. Uh, Lord, I just pray for each person that's listening to this. God, I pray that you would speak to them in a special way. Lord, that they would remember that you go before them, you stand beside them and behind them, that they're completely encased and your love. Um, God, I just pray that as we step into the holiday season, we would remember what this is really all about, and it's about you, um, and it gets to be a celebration of your love for us. God, I pray that you would calm the fears and calm the anxieties. Would you replace the fear and anxiety with confidence and with trust in you? Um, Give us the strength to trust that you are who you say you are, that you love us and that you have written a good, good story for us. We say we love you, we trust you, and it's in your name I pray. Amen. Amen. I'm so excited to see you. I know. Um, next week at <laughs> the UGA wait. event. I know. We've had a couple weeks off. I know. So for anyone who doesn't know yet, the UGA Worship Night will be at the Rialto Room inside Hotel Indigo. It's in the basement of Hotel Indigo. So it's 7 p.m. Wednesday, November 9th, which is in just a couple days. So bring a friend and we'll see you there. Can't wait. Bye. Bye.